Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Micah was discouraged. Now, when a prophet gets discouraged, let me just tell you, the first temptation is to go negative. Because oftentimes, prophets have to deal in very negative, ongoing, chronic situations that are very dark. And so when a prophet gets discouraged, oh my goodness, everybody stay out of the way, right? Because the negativity can multiply. But listen to me, discouragement does not have to multiply negativity that leads to defeat. Discouragement can multiply dependence on Christ that leads to freedom in Jesus Christ. I invite you today to take your program, your Bible, or your internet device. And we're going to answer a very simple question today. How do I run to God in my discouragement? How do I do that? Instead of running away, instead of saying, throwing up my hands, saying my faith must not be worth it, uh, how do I run to God in my discouragement? Look at Micah chapter 7, verse 1. Woe is me. (laughs) Can you relate? Let me say it another way. My life sucks. For I've become as when the summer fruit has been gathered, as when the grapes have been gleaned, and there is no cluster to eat. Did you catch that? When there should be an abundance, there's nothing. Can you relate sometimes? This is supposed to be the best moment. It feels like the worst moment. No first ripe fig that my soul desires. So what's going on? Micah is lamenting, and we'll see this in the whole passage. You wouldn't get this from verse 1. But Micah is lamenting the lack of godly fellowship. Now, I know you can't relate. I know you don't ever feel discouraged that some of your friends no longer walk with the Lord, but Micah was. He was discouraged thinking about the years of faithful ministry and thinking about name after name after name after name after name. Uh, They didn't leave his prophetic ministry. They left God. And if you're not careful, uh, you can begin to get down in this rut. And as my uh, dad taught me, a rut is a grave with both ends kicked out of it. And if you're not careful, this discouragement can become a way of life and you can fixate on what isn't. This chapter begins like a dark, cloudy day. 
but it's going to end in a golden sunlight. And that is God at work in the circumstances. On the day I wrote this message, I could feel the prophet's doom. I could feel his discouragement. When Micah says, woe is me, he's saying, hey, I just want to give you a heads up. I feel miserable. I feel miserable. Wait a minute. Godly people aren't supposed to feel miserable. Well, whether or not they're supposed to, they do. And so we have to live and deal in the realities of what we face. So Micah continues. Look at verse 2. The godly has perished from the earth. There we see it. Where'd they go? There's no one upright among mankind. They all lie and wait for blood, and each hunts the other with a net. It kind of feels like our society, doesn't it? Their hands are on what is evil to do it well. Micah's discouraged. There is no godly fellowship. Feels alone. Do you know the source of your discouragement? Because I find it very interesting. If you cannot admit you're discouraged, you certainly aren't going to be able to figure out the source of it. Right? And the source usually uh, gives you some indication of what God is trying to already do in your life. And he wants you to enter into your discouragement. He wants you to say to God today, I am discouraged. And God's going to say to you, what are you discouraged about? And you're going to go, are you not watching my life, God? Do I have to tell you? Listen, whenever God asks you a question, he already knows the answer. And by the way, my kids have figured this out about me too. We already know dad knows the answer. So how do we answer this question? When God asks us a question, he's trying to get us to tell him what he already knows about our story so that we can begin, you ready? So that we can begin to discover what he already knows about our story that we don't know yet. And see, discouragement can become your best friend because if you'll go back to God and talk to God, God will start talking to you about things you don't know about your story. He wants to tell you things about your story. He wants you to stop listening to the demonic voices that are telling you all the negative and dark things about your story. And he wants you to listen to him because he has a reason. I felt like God gave me a prophetic word yesterday and he said to me, I want you to know that this person is sick because I'm trying to do a mighty work in their life. And I said, Lord, do you want me to tell them that? He said, no, do not. That it's not your place. I go, yeah, Lord, but I think that might. I was like, well, then why did you tell me this? I'm raking leaves in my yard yesterday. I'm like, why did you tell me this? And the Lord said, because I want you to be in prayer for that person. And I want you to pray uh, that through their sickness, they begin to understand that I am building in them who I created them to be so that they could become all that I intended for them to be. And without this, you say, is this biblical? Yes. Paul says, without my thorn, I couldn't do what God called me to do. 
Without the thorns of our lives, we can't do what God has called us to do. It's very difficult. Look at verse 3. Their hands are on what is evil to do it well. The prince and the judge ask for a bribe. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And the great man utters the evil desire of his soul. Thus they weave it together. So what's happening? So in Micah's day, rulers that were in charge were working in tandem with one another to create a false narrative based off of a bribe that had been given to them. We also call those lies. And do you understand that there are people that lead both inside the church and outside the church that are willing to take money to tell a story that's not true? And that's the truth. That's the truth. They were working in tandem to weave this false narrative for society. Now, one of the most important things I'm going to say to you, I'm going to say right now. Evil should discourage us, but it should never defeat us. Evil should discourage us. Evil in other people's lives, evil in our lives, evil in the world, evil in the church. Evil should discourage us, but it should never defeat us. And if you are discouraged about the evil in your own life, let me tell you something. God would never allow that discouragement to lead to defeat. That's the enemy. If God is showing you evil in your own life first, it's not so that you'll be defeated. It's so that you'll reach discouragement about yourself and become dependent upon him. But that's painful, isn't it? And it takes a lot of humility. And it takes a lot of time to get to the place to where you can embrace that. And so where in your life, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I get so discouraged by the evil in the world and the Lord says, are you going to let that to defeat you or are you going to come back to me and become dependent upon me and understand that in your discouragement, you are learning to rely on me? I go, Lord, that's painful. The enemy uses discouragement to defeat us. God uses it to make us dependent upon him. So the question is, which direction? Which direction are you headed? Are you headed toward defeat? Or are you headed toward dependence? Are you saying things like this? Why don't you do something, God? Or are you saying something like this? God, help me. I can't do this without you. That's how you know. Are you joining the enemy and accusing God of the things you don't like about your life? Or are you saying to God, I can't do this without you? Look at verse 4. The best of them is like a briar. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Don't you love tumbleweeds? You know, you, you have to get rid of them and you need gloves to do that right because they're prickly and... And what he's saying is, you know, the best of them is like a tumbleweed. The most upright of them is a thorn hedge. The day of your watchman. Now, who is that? Those are the prophets. The day of your watchman, of your punishment, has come. And now their confusion is at hand. 
One of the most confusing things about delivering a prophetic word is if the person does not respond in obedience, it always leads to judgment. And that is very confusing to the prophet. Because the hope is that if God sends you to speak a prophetic word, that people will be honest about the sin that they are covering up and that they will come back and confess it and repent because they are God's people. And it is so confusing when sin, when it's obvious sin, and there's like, no, I don't remember that. I can't recall that. I can't remember any of that. Huh. And I find it interesting that when people are liars, they can't remember things. When people are telling the truth, they tell you that never happened. Understand the subtleties of deception. Because they're always leaving the door open to protect themselves from future indictment. Watchmen. Look at verse 5. Put no trust in a neighbor. Have no confidence in a friend. Oh my goodness. Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your arms. My goodness. For the son treats the father with contempt. The daughter rises up against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. What is happening here? He's talking about his point of discouragement. So what should matter most in our lives? Anybody want to take a shot at this one? The two commandments. Our relationship with God. Second commandment, our relationship with our neighbors. Your neighbors begin, they have names, they live in your home, by the way. Your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, And then you go outside that and your neighbors, you have concentric circles that work their way out. Could be coffee shop, could be workplace, could be church. I mean, there's a variety of places where we have neighbors. So what is Micah telling us? Here's what he's telling us. We are at a point where we can't trust any of the important relationships because no one will repent of their sins. That's how bad it was in Micah's time. The disruption, think about this, the disruption in the family union eventually destroys the fabric of all society. The disruption in the family unit. And listen, I have Christians that used to attend this church and they beat me up for putting verses that say that you shouldn't practice homosexuality. Now they beat me up for verses where uh, I'm saying, you know, God created male and female. And so finally it's like, you know what, it's time to delete you. It's time to delete you. I'm a pastor. I will pastor anyone who wants to go on my Facebook page. If you don't agree with me, defriend me. I'm going to teach you God's word. If you don't want to hear God's word, then undo yourself, unhinge yourself, unhitch yourself from me. I am not going to stop telling you what God's word says, and I'm not, I don't have time uh, for you to to basically say things and accusations against God's word. If you don't want to be led in what God says, that's fine. That's fine. And when you put a scripture and you give no commentary and someone blows up, it's like, listen, it's just the Bible. It's just the Bible. I didn't write it. God did. You say you're a Christian. 
At some point, a Christian is Christ-like, and Christ-like follows the Word of God because John 1 tells me that Jesus is the Word. And you do not separate Jesus from the Bible. And all Scripture is given by God, not just the New Testament. I have the Old Testament as well. We study all of it. It's all applicable today in some capacity or another. These are very fundamental things that the American church has walked away from, sadly. Micah gives us the roadmap of dependence. So look at verse 7. Here we go. And by the way, I was just letting you know a few things I'm discouraged about. Just so you know, I'm, 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 I'm giving you some of my discouragements. But as for me, I'm going to look to the Lord. Huh. So at some point, you've got to stop fixating on the negative situations and, and the negative people and the people who don't want godly fellowship with you because you keep telling them what God's word says. At some point, you've got to go, you know what? I've got to look to the Lord. I've got to stop looking at you because the longer I look at you, the more discouraged I get. I've got to go back. I've got to look at the Lord. The Lord's going to have to take care of you. There does come a point when you have to say, as the Lord said to me, Kelly said this to me for the last three days, it's time in this particular area, it's time for you to be quiet and let me take it from here. Well, I just want you to know I'm Irish. I was born to fight. And when the Lord says be quiet, that's very discouraging to me because it feels like I'm giving up. I'll wait for the God of my salvation. Uh-oh, now here we go. I ain't giving up. I ain't giving up. I'm just slowing down. Because the Lord has said, walk in step with me. See, the Bible says, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, and you'll exemplify the fruits of the Spirit. Did you catch that? So when we walk by the Spirit, we stop living all this sinfulness. When we walk in the Spirit, we get in step with Him, and our lives, our steps, actually begin to look like Jesus' steps. And that's a lot harder, isn't it? He says, I'll wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. The clouds of doom are going to separate from Micah. And why is that? Because Micah's going to do three things. We should do the same. Look at verse 7 again. I'm going to look to the Lord. So how do we run to God in our discouragement? Number one, just look to the Lord. Hey, question for you. When you get discouraged, what do you look at? What do you put in your eyes? What do you put in your mouth? When you get discouraged, what do you look at? What do you tell yourself, I, I, I can't handle this moment, so what do I need to do to make myself feel better so I don't feel so discouraged, so I don't give up? Do you understand that the enemy uses the discouragement you feel toward the evil that's out there to get you to do evil? So what do you look to when you get discouraged? That's when I'm most susceptible. And see, we all want to isolate at that point, by the way. And see, if you look to the Lord, here's one of the ways you know you look to the Lord. You don't isolate. You engage. 
you engage. Not engage the problem, but you engage the relationships, the godly relationships. Verse 7b, I'm going to wait for the God of my salvation. Oh, I love to wait. How about you? Just love it. Number two, wait for God's salvation. That's how we run to God. We look to him. Okay, Lord, can't do this without you. We wait. Do you ever try to secure your own salvation? Well, God, you don't seem to be coming, so I'll do something about this. So the day that I wrote this message, my devotions were in Jeremiah. Look at uh, Jeremiah 38, 19. I'm afraid to surrender. You know what's interesting? Jeremiah told the people in, in, Jer- in Jerusalem, if you will surrender to the Babylonians, it'll go well for you. And they're like, oh, no, we're not listening to you. Jeremiah 38, 20, you won't be handed over to them, Jeremiah says. If you choose to obey the Lord, your life will be spared and all will go well for you. And then Jeremiah 42, 10, stay, wait here in the land. If you do, I'll build you up and not tear you down. There's so many people in our society right now running. They have no idea where they're going. I mean, literally no idea where they're going. No idea. I watch people every day uh, just, they're, they're going. Where, where are you going? I don't know. I'm just going. I'm in a hurry. Okay. Everybody's in it. But where are you going? I, I don't know. But I'm just in a hurry. Look at Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord, they're going to renew their strength. See, here's what's going to happen. If you'll stop running from your discouragement and wait on the Lord, the Lord is going to strengthen you through your dependence on him. They're going to mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to run and not be weary. They're going to walk and not faint. 7C, going back to Micah, my God will hear me. I'm going to look to him. I'm going to wait for him. You know why? Because he's trustworthy. He is worth looking to. He's worth waiting for. He's worth crying out to. So that's number three. Cry out to God with confidence. He hears you. Cry out to God with confidence that he hears you. Sometimes I don't like to journal when I'm discouraged because it makes me feel more discouraged. And it makes me feel uh, like I put this list together. It's like, here's all the things I feel completely out of control of in my life. And it's like, Lord, I don't need more discouragement right now. But see, what we don't understand is when we tell God our discouragement, it creates a bond of intimacy through dependence. And when that happens, there is a freedom that comes where, you ready? There's a freedom that comes where you step outside your circumstances and you go, huh, I wonder how God's going to work through that guy talking about yourself. It's like, it's like all of a sudden you're having an outer body experience because you're like, I don't know what God's going to do, but I, I hope that guy trusts Oh, that's me. I hope that guy trusts him. Maybe I'm the only crazy one, right? Rejoice not over me, O my enemy, when I fall. I shall rise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. You know what happens when evil seems to win? We stumble in our own evil. And we get discouraged. 
But look what Proverbs 24, 16 says, for the righteous falls seven times. Here's the difference between the righteous and the unrighteous. Both sin, but the righteous man, the righteous woman gets up again. Get up. Get up. Get up. And so how do we run to God? Letter A, cry out to God in the face of your enemies, trusting God will sustain you. Cry out to God in the face of your enemies, trusting God will sustain you. I'm going to bear the indignation of the Lord because I've sinned against him until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. He'll bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. Then my enemy will see and shall cover, excuse me, and shame will cover her who said to me, where's the Lord your God? My eyes will look upon her. Now she will be trampled down like the mire of the streets. Hold your tongue for those that are mocking you for your faithfulness to him. Let her be. Cry out to God in the face of your enemies. Trusting God will defend you. He'll defend you. You go, when I want him to? No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, he won't when you want him to. Oh, no, he will wait. He will wait. A day for the building of your walls, and that day the boundaries shall be far extended. In that day they will come to you from Assyria and the cities of Egypt, from Egypt to the river, from the sea to sea, from mountain to mountain. But the earth will be desolate because of its inhabitants for the fruit of their deeds. Let me say it another way. All those people who mocked you are going to want to know if you'll help them. Shepherd your people with your staff, the flock of your inheritance who dwell alone in a fortress in the midst of a garden. Let them graze in Bashan and Gilead as in the days of old, as in the days when you came out of the land of Egypt. I will show them marvelous things. The nations shall see and be ashamed of all their might. They shall lay their hands on their mouths. Their, their ears shall be uh, deaf. They shall lick the dust like a serpent, like the crawling things of the earth. They shall come up out of their strongholds, and they shall turn in dread to the Lord our God. And they shall be in fear of you. Oh, whoa. Now the tables have turned. Cry out to God. Let her see in the face of your enemies, trusting God will provide for you. Cry out to God in the face of your enemies, trusting God will provide for you. Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance. He doesn't retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. I want you to see that phrase again. God does not retain his anger forever. So therefore we shouldn't. He delights in steadfast love. He'll again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham as you've shown to our fathers from the days of old. Letter D. Cry out to God in the face of your enemies. Trusting God will love and forgive you. Cry out to God in the face of your enemies, trusting God will love and forgive you. 
It's okay to be discouraged. But you have to answer the question, am I moving toward dependence or defeat? And here are the reminders. God can sustain you. He will defend you. He will provide for you. And he will forgive you. Don't run away. Run to. Don't run away. Run to. And in your discouragement, you will find dependence on him. Amen? Let's pray. This is a holy moment, Lord. Oh, this message plowed my heart. I don't know if anyone else needed it, but boy, I do. This one went to the depths of my existence. It doesn't matter how godly you are. You cannot avoid discouragement. Discouragement is not a sign of godlierness, if that's a word. Discouragement is simply a part of living in a fallen and broken world. Discouragement is inevitable, but defeat is optional. And so we today, Lord, as a church, as a community of faith, we choose dependence. We choose it. It's our choice. We can't silence the demonic voices. But when we choose you, you give us your authority. When we choose you, we become dependent. And then greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And so then we say to those demonic voices, you're not welcome here. You're not welcome here. No more. We're not believing your false narrative. We're not giving you more authority. We are going to run to the Father. In full and utter dependence on Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this series. Thank you for these oracles. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.